I mean, we'll start this song right here. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, Russian collusion. That's all we're talking about today. Well, it's not all I'm talking about. I'm barely going to grace the uh, uh, the topic of Russian collusion because that's all you see all over all the news. But I'm going to touch on some other things, uh, such as, such as, it is amazing to me. Let me turn on this music. It is amazing to me that uh, the good-hearted people of this country that are starting to take illegal immigrants into their homes have discovered a way to turn this into basically free slavery. Uh, just just take a look at this. Take a look at this. This is a uh, an interview with a woman that brought two Haitian refugees into her home, and uh, she is just glowing for the fact that she has a free chef in her home now. Is this modern-day slavery? Modern-day slavery, slavery wrapped in a heart of gold or something like that? We see here on NBC10 Boston, a migrant family Watch. from Haiti is sharing their experience. They're searching for shelter in the Boston area and then recently okay. found a host home in Brookline. And now they're looking for jobs. As NBC10's Aaron Logan reports, they say these last few weeks have been life-changing. And the- it's been an emotional few weeks for Wildande Joseph and her husband. First, sleeping on the floor at Logan Airport, then in Children's Hospital with their two-year-old daughter who got very sick. Me siento mal. Es muy difícil este she felt bad as any mother would. Now things are looking much brighter as they've been welcomed into Lisa Hillenbrand's Brookline apartment. Tu niña es muy uh, alegre ahora. Sí. Muy Cuando se levanta en la mañana, se dice, Ay, Lisa. Oh. She says her daughter yeah, is very happy. Yeah. When she wakes up in the morning, she says, Hi, Lisa. And everyone starts the day smiling. It's a delight. And it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. ¿Te gusta la ocupación? Sí. Sí. In fact, her goal is to open up her own restaurant. The couple has their work permits, and they've been taking English classes. They're open to work anywhere to save money for their future. In the meantime, they're enjoying their time with Lisa, their new friend for life and their daughter's new grandmother. They are hardworking. They want to learn. They want to be successful. And they're free. I feel great helping, and I get to understand the refugee crisis from the inside. Lisa says she's so impressed by the number of people she's met right here at Brookline Town Hall meetings who've been stepping up and hosting families. Okay, 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 okay. It's not clear whether or not uh, Lisa requires the Haitian refugees to call her Massa. Um, but working for free in the home. I mean, I guess that's a whole new niche here. You can get your, you get house your own refugee and say, Hey, if you want to stay here, uh, you get to cook my meals, uh, cut the grass, et cetera, live a life of servitude. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not pro that I'm not pro that, but if, if you're happening to, uh, if you're out there and you need a nanny or something, you know, it's so expensive to live in the United States, especially California. So my recommendation to you, instead of sending your child to a Haitian babysitter, why not take a Haitian into your home, have them cook the meals, and you could have free babysitting all day long. It'll be part of the requirements of their uh, 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 to stay at your place. It's free. It's government-supported. Um 
Yeah, we, let's just rewind the clock here. Uh, there's 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 holes in the system all over the place. But if you're complaining about childcare, my my word to you is do the right thing. Take in a refugee. Uh, hopefully they're not a cartel refugee. Uh, hopefully their clothes aren't you know have fentanyl on them. But take in a refugee. They can watch your kids at home, and everything's just hunky dory. Lisa looks like she's having a blast with the Haitian refugees in her home. Uh, you know, they're there, they're cooking. Uh, I mean, what could possibly what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, so the memes are already starting. Oh, here, let me look at this real quick. White liberal brought black migrant family into her home. Now she has a personal chef. Yeah, we were just watching that. That's uh, just uh, uh, mm. there's a way to work it. There's a way to work the system, you know. Uh, I bet you could get a little supplemental income coming from the government for the housing. You know, we were talking yesterday, New York is spending $77 million on hotel. I mean, you just register your house as a hotel and you get some of that money. Um, who knows? But kicking off the show with immigration, when we have all the Russian collusion stuff going on uh, that's hitting the fan. Uh, but I still want to focus on this. You can talk about the Russian collusion anywhere. This is something that really caught me by, it's not by surprise. It's it's all the theories and all the talk that we've had for so long about how these migrants are supported. And Marco Rubio is breaking it down. He's got charts and graphs. He's got the whole nine yards. And he's talking about how refugees in their 20s get more than what retirees who worked and paid taxes get from Social Security. Is that a shocker? Is that a shocker in today's age? No, not at all. Here, let's listen to Marco right here. Here we go. One of the things I see a lot in South Florida are people that have been in this country that maybe came from Cuba 45 years ago. They've worked here their entire lives. They retire. They get $800, $900, $1,000 a month from Social Security. And then they run into somebody who just got here from Cuba three months ago, is 29 years old, doesn't work, and is given $1,500 a month in benefits by our government because they're refugees. That refugee... A year later, is traveling back to Cuba 15 times. So you're a refugee fleeing oppression from a place that you now go back and visit 15 times the following year. And in the meantime, we're giving you Medicaid, food stamps, uh, health care for your children, cash payments from the refugee fund. So imagine if you've been working here for 40 years and your Social Security check is smaller than the benefits going to a 28-year-old able-bodied person who just got here. That's real. That happens. That's happening every day. That makes no sense. That's real. It happens every day. You know, I wonder how the people felt in 19, uh, 1775 when they were just waiting to kick off the revolution. Uh, <laughs> migrants making more than somebody that's worked for 40 years getting his Social Security. Man, it is so incredibly insane how the priorities of this of this country have gone from instead of taking care of our own, taking care of our veterans, taking care of our, our citizens, our senior citizens, to go to completely just, it, it, it reminds me It reminds me of that guy, the rich kid, the rich kid at a party, right? You go out with the rich kid in Las Vegas, and he's not really that rich, but he just wants to show everybody there how good he is by buying everybody drinks and stuff. Well, it, but, but, you know, he's, he's, he really doesn't have that much money. He just wants to pretend like he does. That's exactly what the United States is doing. We're sending money to everywhere else. We're sending money to Ukraine. We're sending it all over the, the country as our own country internally is crumbling. And it is pathetic. It's pathetic. And I would, hey, let me see. Let me get to this article. This article right here, 
Um, you know, there's been the rumors and speculations and everything that uh, we've heard the stories of veterans getting kicked out of government housing to make room for uh, 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 um, illegal immigrants coming in. They, they put the veterans on the street to let it to house legal immigrants. And uh, it's also coming out here. Here's an article. Let me get this up. Uh, this is from, uh, I forget what PM is. Anyways, uh, it was revealed the Biden administration diverts Veterans Affairs resources to illegal immigrants. Now, how are they doing this? Let me get to the meat and potatoes. Basically, what they're doing is ICE is contracting with the VA hospitals to send uh, illegal immigrants that are being in ICE's control to Veterans Affairs for free health care. And... Um, and, and, and as anybody knows, if, as, if anybody's talked to a veteran and they've discussed how long the wait times are at the veteran's hospital and how horrible the service can be at a veteran's hospital, well, it's only getting worse because now all the ICE detainees are being serviced by the Veterans Affair. And you could just get in line behind uh, these illegal aliens because your care, your practitioners, your budget for the VA is going to uh, taking care of the illegal immigrants. Uh, just one more blow to the veteran. Veterans in this country, uh, where they can barely get serviced as it is at the VA hospitals, and now they're just going to have to uh, uh, suck it up, suck it up, and line up behind the the uh, illegal immigrants. It's ridiculous. It has been revealed that the Biden administration has been diverting resources from the Veterans Affairs Organization to help illegal immigrants around the country. Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama spoke out about the matter with Fox Digital in an interview report on Tuesday morning. The Alabama senator recently introduced a bill titled the No VA Resources for Illegal Aliens Act in order to prevent it from happening again. Tuberville told the outlet they've opened up care from the doctors in these VA community care systems. The lines now in the VAs are getting longer. Our funds that are supposed to go to the veterans are going to these illegal immigrants that are coming across. The VA told the news network earlier in December that it had an interagency agreement with ICE's Health Services Corps since 2002 to assist with reimbursements using the VA's Financial Service Center processing system when private providers take on medical care for illegal immigrants while they are at ICE detention centers. Uh, under the agreement, ICE will pay the processing fees and will reimburse private providers. However, the resources used by the VA's Financial Service Center has likely gotten overloaded with the mass amount of illegal immigration that has been going on over the southern border. VA representatives told the outlet there is a history of a backlog of medical claims which has resulted in veterans getting bills they shouldn't be getting and having dissatisfied community care providers who are not getting paid in a timely manner. Uh, blah, blah. It goes on. Uh, Tuberville added in the interview, I think we've got a great opportunity to get this, maybe not to a vote, but at least where we discuss it on the floor where the American people start to understand it. Uh, so, yeah, if you're complaining about your service at the VA hospital and you're a veteran, um, that's part of the reason why, huh? Interesting. Well, let's get moving again. Um, <clears throat> and as we're talking about the border, it's a presidential, presidential candidate, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He was out visiting the border. He was taken around by, I believe it was, uh, the Cochise County Sheriff, Mark Daniels. And he was just, well, we'll let you see. Here we go. Here's RFK at the border. He declared the uh, southwest border a non, non-emergency, which shut down all the um, developments here on the border. Just to get this straight, this part of the fence was built by the Obama administration. The new model? Yeah, this is a model from the Obama administration. And then President Trump 
I've purchased all this material, these huge piles, a mile of material here, to complete the fence over that hill, and you can see the ditch, you can see the cut. And the day that he took office, uh, President Biden issued an order shutting down construction, and all of this material now is... This is a very small percent of the material still left. The majority of it, 90%, has been shipped out and sold to scrap. Salvage. Salvage, yep. Top of the hill, come down, there's a tree to the left. That's where the scout is in the middle of the tree every day. Cartel scout. He directs the traffic across. Hey, is there a cartel scout up there right yeah. now? Yeah, he's up there right now. I guarantee oh. Yeah, so, you know, what what they're saying there is Trump bought all of this material to uh, continue building the wall along the border, and the Biden administration immediately stopped it, and they started selling all those materials at pennies on the dollar. Remember, this is taxpayer dollars. Everything that the government spends is taxpayer dollars, and they sold all this material. They're selling it at scrap metal prices. As they're there and they're looking out in the distance and they can see a, sc- a scout from the cartel up on the hilltop directing traffic. He's directing traffic. Where to go? Well, go this way. You know, well, you know, oh, there's a couple of Border Patrol agents over there. Go over there. Um, it is a sickening, sickening situation that we have found ourselves in under the control of this anim- administration. That is for sure. Okay, so now on to something more uh, 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 infuriating. And that would be some trans news. Now, I don't know how you feel as a parent. I have a feeling that you feel much like I do. But I don't know what they're doing in Spain. I don't know what's in the water over there. Uh, But here's a little glimpse of a little parade that they're having in Spain with a bunch of kids, little young boys, uh, dressed as, well, you tell me what they're dressed as. As America goes, so goes the rest of the world. I'm just putting that out there because it's pretty infuriating. I don't know what parent in the right man would have their uh, kid dress up like that. But in that note, as we're hitting on this trans news, this father, uh, this was at a, let's see, where was this? This was at, um, it was a school district where they're voting and they're voting on a policy requiring students to use the bathroom locker room, which matches their sex. Um, and it says that now boys who think they're girls can hang out in the girls' locker rooms. You know, we've seen this over and over and over. But what I want to bring attention to is this one little catch that this father is bringing up before the school board in his uh, conversation with the school board. Let's take a little listen because I think every parent across the country, when this nonsense starts happening in your school, your school district, you should be bringing up the same point that this father is bringing up here, and that is indecent exposure to minors. Uh, take a listen. Take a listen. It's enlightening, and I think this is the backbone of the legal precedence that's at hand right now that we should be using uh, when you're talking to a school district about these, you know, gender fluid bathrooms and all that kind of other stuff, locker rooms and the whole nine yards. Look, last week, I, I feel the same way. Please don't abandon 720. Give it time. Poll the students. Ask them how they feel about it and what they. They're ultimately the ones that are going to be affected here. See what their opinion is. Their true opinion. Um, I also just had a quick question, uh, and it's for the solicitor. Um, and I, I just want everyone here to understand what indecent exposure is. Um, so I have the the, um, 
the crimes code and what indecent exposure and the uh, the definition in the Pennsylvania crimes code. So it's Title 18 and it's uh, Code 3127, indecent exposure. <clears throat> a person commits indecent exposure if that person exposes his or her genitals in any public place or in any place where there are present other persons under circumstances in which he or she knows or should know that this conduct is likely to offend, affront, or alarm. And then the grading would be a person knows or should have known that any person present that are less than 16 years of age, an indecent, indecent exposure uh, under subsection A is a misdemeanor of the first degree. Otherwise, indecent exposure under subsection A is a misdemeanor of the second degree. I'm assuming majority of our students are under 16, 18. Um, so are we now gonna be turning the transgender students into criminals if they're inside the restrooms exposing themselves? If a cisgender student observes their genitalia and is offended by it, and then they come to the school and say, hey, I have a problem here, I wanna, I wanna report a crime. How is the school district uh, plan on handling that? It's completely different than what the Boyertown case is about. Now you're talking about a criminal matter that you guys are gonna be voting on and allowing to happen in our school district. I would just like to get the solicitor's opinion on that. I don't know if he's spoken to the district attorney's office about it to find out what their plan is, what any other school districts do in the event that there is an incident where a transgender student exposes themselves um, to, a, to a cisgender student and that student becomes offended by it. What is, what, what is precedent? How do we handle that? Um, because that's what's gonna end up happening here. And when, you're, when you take this uh, policy away, you're giving them the opportunity, you're giving transgender students the opportunity to be in these bathrooms. And, and that is ultimately what's gonna take place. Um, and I hope it doesn't, but you know, ultimately that's, what, that's probably what the outcome's gonna be. So are we prepared and what's the school district's plan if that takes place and there's an accusation? Because right now there can't even be an accusation because you don't allow uh, those students to go into the restrooms. Uh, I, I remember last year somebody made a comment about, do we need to make a rule that says you have to keep your clothes on and you can't run down the halls butt naked? No, because it's common sense, you can't do that. And um, I think we're stepping away from common sense here. So please do not repeal this and poll the students and see, see how they feel about it as well. Okay, uh, there we go. Um, <clears throat> that is an excellent point. That is an excellent point this father's making. And, and, and he's saying, I hope it doesn't happen, but I'll tell you what, if it does happen, I think that's what parents across this country should be doing is uh, calling the police, filing a police report, indecent exposure, felony. Um, I feel bad for the trans kids that will probably get sucked up in this. But, you know, there's there's laws on the books. And he, he explained what indecent exposure is. And if your daughter or something's in the locker room and some 16-year-old boy comes in there and starts slipping his schlong around there in the in the locker room... Call the cops. Indecent exposure. The law is there. The law is there. It's 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 a little harsh to go to that extreme, but I don't believe so. If the school's willing to 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 put trans students in a position where they could be felons for indecent exposure, that is the fault of the school district. They should not be doing that. And if they and if they're going to put students in a place where they're committing illegal felonies in front of other students, that's on them. That's on them. 
and I feel sorry for the trans kids, but maybe they'll you know learn that I don't want to be a felon. I want to be on some Megan's list or whatever. Maybe they'll stay in the in the lock room of their uh, designated sex at birth. It's harsh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, there's a war out there with this kind of stuff going on, and you have to do something. You have to do something. Would I do that? Would I call the cops if, it's, if, it, if I had a daughter that was in a locker room and some male transgender was in there uh, playing jump rope with his dick in the locker room? 100%. 100% I'd call the cops. I would press the charges. I'd press the charges against the school for allowing it to happen. Um, I would sue the school in civil court uh, for the emotional distress it's causing to my daughter. And I think parents across this country need to rise up and do exactly the same. Push it. You got to push back legally against this kind of nonsense, especially when it's uh, against our innocent kids. It's just ridiculous. Uh, in other news, we covered it yesterday, but the, the transgender uh, shooter at Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's church, um, Another. It, it, what was amazing about this story, uh, not that it was a trans shooter. I mean, that kind of seems par for the course. I mean, when you look down uh, the history of these past mass shootings that have happened or attempted mass shootings, a Lakewood church, most recently, uh, shooter identified as, Chad, as, as trans, Iowa high school shooter identified as a radical rainbow activist, uh, the Nashville shooter, uh, I believe, identified as trans. The Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans. The Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. There is a problem. There is a problem here in this country uh, with the mental stability of some of these trans kids. Um, and I believe it's brought on by our society of, of bolstering this, this mental mental handicap that they have and this this confusion that they have. And what's being normalized is that, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And when it's normalized that, oh, if you're trans and there's a church in your neighborhood where they're anti-trans or anti-your lifestyle, you're justified in doing this kind of a thing, this atrocious act of going in and, and shooting. But, I mean, coincidentally, the trans population is such a small percentage of people in the United States of America. And to have all these attempted mass shootings, some mass shootings, especially the Nashville all carried out by this trans militant trans identity is absurd. It's statistically absurd. It's off the charts. We have a problem. We have a big, big problem. And I think, I think instead of sending these trans kids into the girls locker room, uh, maybe we need to be sending them to some therapy. Maybe we need some, uh, 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 and I'm not talking about the run-of-the-mill gender-affirming therapy. We need to find what, out what's going on in these kids' heads and what's making them do these irrational things and making irrational decisions about their life. You know, I always talk about this, that this whole trans thing, it's like, a you know, we had fads when I was a kid, but the fad was uh, breakdancing. It was finding a big piece of cardboard and bringing it to the school and breakdancing. The fad wasn't chopping off your dick and identifying as trans. That is a whole different level of stuff that's going on in the kids today. But it's praised. It's glorified. It's glorified by their teachers. It's glorified by their peers. And one thing about kids, they will go where the praise is at. And if you're going to praise them for having these wild ideas and saying, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dog now. I identify as a dog. and barking around the classroom and praising them for their behavior. Whatever you praise them for, that is exactly what they're going to do. Kids want attention. Kids want attention. And how is a kid today in high school going to get any more attention than saying, hey, guess what, mom, dad, I'm trans. That is the shocking attention getter. 
I mean, kids, you know, these teenagers, they're kind of almost rebellious by nature, and that's how they're bucking the system. This is a total fad, and it's a horrible fad. How did we get to this point? I have no idea. Do I believe there are some people out there that de definitely have mental instabilities enough that they are probably more so true? But uh, come on, truly, truly trans? I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. But I'll tell you one thing I definitely agree with, and that is that this trans thing is a fad amongst our kids, and it is getting out of hand. It's getting ridiculous. And some parents, teachers, school districts need to stand up and give these poor, multiple minds of children some actual guidance instead of just bolstering every wild idea they have. But nope, this is America. It's what we do. We just bolster it. We just support it. Oh, man, what a mess. Okay, KJP, we covered uh, we covered yesterday uh, about KJP saying that uh, Biden is not going to take the cognitive test during his physical uh, this year round because he doesn't need it because he is the sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh, he might trip and fall and get lost on stages and just do all kinds of ridiculous stuff, but he doesn't need to take the cognitive test. Well, the reporters came back to KJP, uh, I believe this was... Uh, either yesterday or late yesterday or today. And they started cornering her and asking her, demanding that Biden take the cognitive test. And this was KJP's response. What do you think about the idea of taking that kind of a test? I mean, look. I the reporter was asking, what do you think about that idea of taking that kind of a test? And they're talking about the cognitive test. So let me play it again from the start. I know the audio was a little quiet on that. Here we go. What do you think about the idea of taking that kind of a test? I mean, look. And I talked about this last week, too, on, on I believe, whenever, on Friday. Uh, I have known this president since 2009. Uh, I, he is not just uh, my, my boss, but, you know, he's also some, a mentor to me. And I spent sometimes countless hours with him, whether it's in the Oval Office, uh, whether it's on the road. And I believe, for me, you're asking me my personal opinion, uh, he is sharp. Uh, he is on top of things. He, when we have uh, meetings with him, with his staff, he's constantly pushing us, getting, trying to get more information. And so that has been my experience with this president. Uh, anything else outside of that, uh, I just shared with you what Dr. O'Connor said to me. Uh, and so I'll just leave it there. What do you think about the idea of taking that? Well, KJP says she is. She spends a lot of time with uh, Biden, and he's the doctor says he's fine. Everybody says he's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. The most crooked president we've ever freaking had, and he's fine. He's cognitively there. You know, I got a. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about KJP, and I was actually praising KJP for somebody that has to lie proficiently all the time, keep her job. Uh, we've seen over and over how much this girl can just. Just lie through her teeth. And the, the thing that blows me away is how she can do it with a straight face. She literally does it with a straight face. She is so stone-faced when it comes to the unending, undying love of her President Biden. And she keeps her job. She keeps her job. All the deep state, all whatever's going on up there uh, must be uh, 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 happy with her job performance. She must be getting great year-end reviews because she's keeping her job. She's been up there for a minute doing this for Biden. And it's got to be a tough job. It's got to be a tough job. Imagine your job is to go in front of the press and convince the press that President Biden is uh, he's not crazy. He's not sniffing little kids. He's not corrupt. He, he, he has nothing to do with the Russian collusion against Trump. He has nothing. Hunter Biden is not a drug addict. I mean, you just got to go up there and just spill bullshit every day. I would love I would love I would love 
to dress up James O'Keefe style, identify as a female, you know, get KJP to the bar, get some drinks in her, and let her start venting about her president, her job, and what she has to do. Because there's no way, there's no way this girl lives in a false reality enough to believe that what she's doing is honorable or 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 even I just want to get in her brain. Is it possible that she's so brainwashed that she believes that she's really doing the right thing? Does she really believe that Biden is a functional adult uh, that he could that he could pass the cognitive test of a five year old? Does she really believe that? I don't think she does. I don't know how anybody could. But <laughs> is what it is, I guess. Babylon B. Uh, yeah, this is a nice little one up here. Let me get this. Babylon B posted a picture of Biden saying, I don't need a cognitive test. Biden screams at a pigeon. That's a little funny. You can laugh. A little ha ha ha. Cognitive test. If anybody, if any president ever needed a cognitive test, it was Biden and it was now. Now, Russian collusion. Russian collusion. I am not an expert on this by any means. Do I believe that this happened? Yes. Am I surprised by it? No. I think presidents, people of power, deep state politicians, et cetera, have been spying on Americans and people that run against them for decades. It's just that now they happen to be getting caught. But it's all over Fox News. Uh, and in case you live under a rock, here's what's going on. Here we go. Here's a new, nice little article. Here we go. Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name 20-something. But according to new reporting by Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, and then those interactions were the targets and were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. Of course it is. Joining me now, one of the reporters who broke the story, Michael Schellenberg. You know, is it just me or is every time something of any relevance comes up with the FBI, CIA, it's lost? Uh, the Epstein uh, files, the day after they raided Epstein Island after he committed suicide, uh, all those files were lost. Many, 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 many files were lost. Hunter Biden's laptop, it was lost. And now this binder that ties in all these politicians upper level politicians into this Russian collusion and all this stuff that was going on, it was lost. It was lost. It was just lost. I mean, do they really think the American public is that dumb that we really believe that? I mean, we know this stuff isn't getting lost. What's happening is, oh, yep, we got to get rid of that evidence. I don't, I believe all of it's sitting somewhere. It's sitting somewhere. They're just not going to let anybody look at it because it's detrimental to their whole game that they have going on. Anyways, let's continue this. Let's keep get delving into this Russian collusion. Michael, explain how this all started with the CIA picking these 26 Trump people. Yeah, good to be with you, Jesse. Well, obviously, this is an extremely serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources that public and racket, that's Matt Tybee's uh, publication, have spoken to 
These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that this was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, we feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. And it's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. Okay, so you're reporting that the CIA got these allies to bump these 26 Trump associates, create interactions, and then call these interactions suspicious and let the FBI know they were suspicious. And that starts the whole thing. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? Well, Jesse, we'll have a piece tomorrow that is specifically about the binder. But uh, as a friend of, uh, of the show and of yours on this, I'll say that there has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And we'll be discussing that tomorrow. But obviously, if this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the Durham investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. Again, we'll have more to say about it tomorrow, but this is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't, I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America. Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate? And, weapon, and using our foreign allies to do it, I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. Yeah, and then going to great lengths by using FBI raids to cover it up. That's just an absolute incredible development. Great reporting to you and to Matt. It is. It's huge. It's huge. Um, how is this going to pan out? No idea. It seems like you know, the, the problem is, is the same corrupt people that... Uh, went against the laws of this country to make this whole thing up are the same people that control the courts and control everything else. So what do I think is going to happen with this? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. But Trump has been yelling about this forever. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Where, where did I have it? I had it here. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's rewind to Trump on 60 Minutes when he was talking about this a long time ago. Here we go. Watch him walk out of his store, and he's walking with a ice cream. And the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor ice cream do you have? <laughs> and he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking, he's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. All over the place. 
Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. No, you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. You know what's crazy? What's crazy is you know when when Trump was saying this back in the day, I kind of I kind of had oh, a little bit of red flag. Oh come on, he's being he's this a little. Who told you that? Q told you that that you were being spied on and blah 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 blah. And I I had a hard time believing him, but it's been amazing how many things that Trump has talked about early on. He's been very open talking about this, talking about being spied on his campaign by the Obama administration, etc. And it turns out here we are. Years later, many years later, and everything that he said at that time where even I questioned and sat back and said, oh, this guy's a little, it's a little much. It's a little much. You're, he's, he's leaning too much into the conservative conspiracies. But it's turning out to be true. It's turning out to be true. All these far-fetched things that came out of Trump's mouth or I, that I, even I wasn't sure about, it's come true. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't know that. She didn't know that then, but is she going to come back and correct her statements now? Wait, is she, is she dead or something? I have no idea. She looks like the Crypt Keeper already. Uh, okay, so what else do we have going on? I'm just going to blow through this Russian collusion because I don't think this is... I know it's the biggest news out there right now, but it's kind of like a now. It's like a well, duh, no kidding, it happened. Uh, let's let's talk about something more, a little more off the beaten path, and this is kind of getting brushed underneath the Russian collusion scandals that's out there in the news today. Uh, but uh, Barbara Lee, who's running to be uh, Democrat Bar Gar Bar Democrat Barbara Lee, is running to be the governor of uh, California. It's what is she running for? Ah, oh, now I look like an idiot. But hold on, let's take a listen You're to this. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's hold on, let me rewind it so you can hear what she's saying. She is wanting a $50 minimum wage for California. $50, $50. Now, some of the things that she's getting ready to say, as crazy as it sounds, I agree with. But let's listen to Barbara explain her justification for a $50 minimum wage in California. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. First, let me say I um, owned and ran a small business for um, 11 years. I created hundreds of jobs. Benefits, retirement benefits, also health care benefits. I know what worker productivity means, and that means that you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of and have a living wage. In the Bay Area, uh, I believe it was the United Way, came out with a report that uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. Another survey very recently, 104000 for a family of one, barely enough to get by low income because of the affordability crisis. And so just do the math. Just do the math. Of course we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. 
The affordability factor of California. Now, one thing I do agree with is it is expensive as hell to live in California. And let me create, let me correct my idiotic statement. I I was blanking for a second. This is for the Senate race for California. We got Steve Garvey, we got Schiff, and Barbara here. Barb, Barbie, Barb's as I like to call her. Uh, one thing I do agree with is that it is phenomenally expensive to leave to live in California. You know, she was saying one study showed that a single family, a single person of one, $104,000 is, uh, you know, you can't even get by. Can't even get by in California. It is ridiculous that the the, the inflation and everything and and just the California politics and the cost of doing business here and the cost of everything, uh, it is ridiculously expensive to live in California. And I agree with that. Now, $50 minimum wage? (laughs) Come on. I mean, what mom and pop taco shop is going to be able to afford to play their employees $50 an hour? That is not going to happen. That would shut down so much. It would shut down so much. But I kind of think this is the idea. This sounds far-fetched, her claiming $50 minimum wage. But at the same time, you look at the cost of living in California, and it, it would take $50 an hour to just barely squeak by in California. I'm not saying I agree with $50 minimum wage, but isn't this all going towards this end result of having everything owned by just a handful of big companies where there isn't the mom and pop taco shop? We just run them out of business. Now it's googletacos.com that get delivered to your door. Isn't that kind of the idea to totally get rid of private industry? Isn't that the new world order that we're heading towards anyways? Just destroy any individuality. And make it all just government run. Everybody's uh, uh, beholden to the government for uh, in- income subsidization because they can't afford to make it on their own. Isn't that the idea of what's being pushed anyways? And we're on a fast train to getting there. Oh, my lands. It's crazy. All right. Uh, oh, 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 real quick, real quick. Let me just play this real fast. We're totally changing topics right here. And I saw this. This was from the uh, Senate floor in Arizona. And uh, I I was just uh, uh, kind of not uh, kind of appalled. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because I'm going to give away the answer to this question. Now, when you look at this, when you look at this, this glowing introduction of this religious organization that is there on the Senate floor, I'm going to play a few seconds of it. And you tell me which religion, what church are they talking about? Here we go. Let's listen very closely. They practice the religious. Uh, they practice the re- the religious values. Of compassion. Oh, that's good. They practice compassion, so it must be a very upstanding citizen brigade that's coming through here. Uh, let's listen a little more. Justice, bodily autonomy, free speech, science, humility, and noble action. Oh, okay. Sounds like a very, a very large, upstanding religious group happens to be at the Arizona Senate. Okay, uh, who, what, what is the, what is the name of this group? As an organized religion, they they actively do outreach and community service and participate in public affairs. Oh, very nice. Their issues might benefit, where the issues might benefit from their rational satanic insights. What? The mission of the satanic temple is to encourage belovedness and empathy among all people. They embrace practical common sense and justice. They are guided by their conscience to undertake noble pursuits that fulfill their religious values. Again, particularly of compassion and free speech. Members, I, I welcome them to the floor today. Uh, and we'll hear from them later on to the government committee. Thank you. Uh, there's no news here. There's just no news here other than that this is just, you know, common every church of Satan, church of Saint, Saint, Satanic church. 
Uh, I cut off the whole intro of the of the of the welcoming of this these members, fine citizens. Uh, I would like to introduce a group of Arizonans, uh, some from my district, but they have membership all across the state. They are here today to confront the arbitrary, tyrannical authority of religious persecution that's scheduled for hmm. government committee later on today. Uh, today, uh, members, uh, I want to introduce you to members. We, we are graced with the presence of ministers and members of the Satanic Temple of Arizona. Please stand. Okay. All right. I get it. Uh, you know, you think the Mormons have it hard or the Jehovah's Witnesses go to door to door. How does the Satanic Church really get members? I mean, that's a hard sell. It's one thing to see the guy in the white shirt with the name tag coming up. You know, he seems friendly, uh, knocking on your door. The Jehovah's Witness, okay, yeah. How is the church of the Satanic Church getting? I mean, I just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I would like to hear the pitch. I would like to hear the pitch. Uh, how do they come riding up to your door? Are they? Do they come riding up on broomsticks and black trench coats? Uh, how does this work? I'm a little, I'm a little naive. To the Church of Satan and its uh, missionary-style tactics, um, but I am intrigued. I would like to know. Inquiring minds would really like to know how. Uh, man, imagine you're the marketing director for the Church of Satan. What a tough job! Uh, you know who they could hire if Biden doesn't get reelected? They could pr probably hire KJP to be their press secretary to help bolster the Satanic Church. I'm sure she would have no problem uh, just painting whatever picture they want painted uh, for the church, the satanic. That's just, hmm. Hmm. No. Uh, yeah, that's it. $50 minimum wage in California. Now, this is one other off-topic news story before I wrap up here because uh, I, I have a lot of stuff to do today. Um, this is graphic. So if you're watching, uh, I want you to, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife, uh, this is going to be a little graphic, uh, but at the same time, the end result is a little comical. It shouldn't be comical, um, but there was a police officer that believed that he was shot at, and he went ape shit. got another officer, officer shooting at a handcuffed man in the back of a police car. Uh, I, I don't believe that the handcuffed perpetrator that was in the back of the police car, uh, anything happened to him, even though the car was, that he was sitting in was shot up quite heavily. Uh, but let's get to what the end result was of what triggered all of this armed uh, police officer, officer down shooting situation. Let's just take a little look. Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! You know. This guy deserves a Grammy for his performance. Uh, let me rewind it just a little bit to the top. Let's, if you listen closely, you hear a little tink tink when he's walking by the car, and you hear you hear a little bit of something. And this is what alerted the officer to say shots are fired. It was very faint. It did not sound like a gunshot whatsoever. I know the technology uh, with a limiter compressor on his microphone, but that's he heard a tink tink, and what that tink tink was that he you know, started freaking out and just blowing the shit out of his patrol car, uh, was an acorn fell out of the tree. 
Yes. An acorn fell out of the tree, hit the top of the police car. He thought shots were fired, and he proceeded to go absolutely ballistic, claiming he was hit. I don't know where that came from. Uh, that's just an amazing overreaction to an acorn. Just fired! I'm hit. Yeah, it blows my mind in these situations like this where, uh, you know, adrenaline's running higher. He thought he was hit. He probably did think he was hit. Maybe he got hit with an acorn, too. Uh, but that's just a little a little outrageous there. Anyways, uh, we've hit the, the main things I wanted to hit, and we're going to wrap it for the day. This is Jake with the Daily News, what's happening on right there. Watch out for the government to spy on you. Maybe they're going to get a little Russian collusion going in your life. Anyways, I will talk to you later. You have a good one. And bye-bye.